Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Ah, uh, this is not good news. Uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West no longer speaking. Wow. And are preparing for a divorce. Well, that's been kind of bantied about for quite some time, right? I really that's... thought those two had legs. <laughs> I know they got an arse. But I thought they had legs. <laughs> she has one, he is one. Um, yeah. Uh, supposedly it's mutual. They're happy to both be going their separate ways. Uh, and if Kim doesn't file the papers soon enough, Kanye will step in and do it. Should be pretty easy for Kim to file these papers. She's done it before. <laughs> and she's a lawyer now. That's right. Now, there's no official word, but there is a strong signal that it's over. The New York Post says Kanye has moved his sneaker collection out of the house. <laughs> and this is not just an armful of shoeboxes. I bet. It is uh, said that he has moved 500 pairs of sneakers out. Although they do note that he hasn't completely moved out, just his shoes. Okay. I guess that's the most important thing in the world to him. Mm-hmm. 500 pairs of sneakers. How do you choose? I don't think you do. I think they're up there like trophies. Yeah. I think you, you know, I, you know, you watch Blackish, uh, and uh, when you see in their bedroom, he's got the same setup, just hundreds and hundreds of sneakers, and I don't think they ever get worn. They're in, they're in a beautifully lit closet. Oh yeah. You know, and and they're probably like the original Air Jordans, and you got a pair of those, and yeah. a pair of whatever the limited edition of this, that, or the other thing is. Yeah. For some having that like shoe wall. Yeah. Uh, like they want you. They want. To walk into their house and it looks like Foot Locker yeah. in there, right? Like pairs just up on, on and placed everywhere. Which I and it's funny because it's a, I think it's more an American thing wearing shoes inside the house. Yeah, it is. as well, it is. You see right. it in movies and TV all the time. They're in bed with their shoes. Yeah. On. Oh yeah, jump right up on the bed. In our house, we have uh, the two sliding doors on the on the front closet. Then we've got this big cabinet. And then, of course, there's just a scattering of, of shoes on the floor. Between Maria and David, and there's probably shoes from Daniel, like the hole inside of the bottom of the closet is just rammed with shoes. Mm. This cabinet is stacked with them. And I have, in one little corner, three pairs. <laughs> I have a pair of running shoes. I've got the boots I'm wearing right now, winter boots. And a pair of dress shoes. All right. That's it. What about your uh, your your casual runners? The ones that you you wear no socks in. Oh, the oh the the, the uh, like the 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 sandal thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you, you wear in the summer. Oh well, yeah. They're like a deck shoe. Yeah, they're in the garage now. They're okay. done. Yeah, they're garbage. They're going out. I'll get a new pair in the spring. Mm. Four pairs of shoes. Three pairs. Four pairs max. Probably three. Our house because we have no real foyer. When you walk in, when you walk in between the basement door, the front door, and and the garage door, it's like let's make a deal. It's a, it's it's strange too because the house is thirty two thousand square feet. Right? Yeah. You but think it, you'd have more? I of a wanted grand more entrance. in the entertainment areas. Right. Right. Uh, in the other wings. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> thirty two thousand. Yeah. That's, uh, three bathrooms. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and it's, we had found this thing, and and so many people have asked where we got it. I have no idea. But it, it's basically a shoe rack that clips onto one of the doors. So it's on the okay. basement door. So when you open up the basement door, it's just a wall of shoes, shoes yeah. right? That's there between the kids, myself, and Adrian. Who's got the most shoes in the shoe rack? Uh, I think it's between Adrian and I. We're probably close to the same. I bet you you more. 
No, I don't think it's more. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> there have been shoes on there. The ones that I have on there, for the most part, get worn. Right. Well, that's the thing, too. There are shoes that she has there. From her grade 8 grad. That <laughs> <laughs> Tap shoes. <laughs> yeah, what ballet? Her baby what shoes. Do, yeah, like I, I there's. I'm pretty sure if I marked the space, like I, I should, like a parking meter, right? Go by and mark mm. and see if they get moved at all. Because I don't think so. Funny thing is, if you were to go in and move them or throw them out the next day, though, she'd be looking for them. Right. You yes. Know? I'm the same way with my own. Yeah. I, you know, the second, like, mine go through a cycle. Like, new ones come in, right. and then the old ones kind of go to the garage. They become like the, uh, like, like, I got a pair of old shoes I use for cut the grass. Sure, yeah. Right? And, and then, you know, those old ones, sometimes they stick around way longer than they should, and then they get thrown out. Right. Right? Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, we're still not in the Kanye department. No, not nearly. I'm not, I'm not in the 500 shoe range. I believe, honestly, in my heart of hearts, that come the day we can all get out and play once again like we used to in the past, it will be Humpfest 2022 out there. <laughs> and uh, many people say their sex drive has increased during quarantine. Okay. Well, that makes sense. If you're single and you haven't been able to get out and get the loving, then, of course, you're going to be all horned up. Right. Some are saying, even in their relationships with their uh, spouse or their boyfriend, girlfriend, if they're living with them, they say they've been experimenting more in bed and watching more porn. Wow. Hmm. Together? Sure. Probably not. <laughs> How does this thing work? Right. <laughs> the survey also found single people aren't letting this time slow down their love and sex lives that much. People have had at least one casual hookup during the pandemic started a friends with benefits situation during the past year and have ended one relationship and started a new one. I can imagine, uh, and I can only imagine because I'm not involved in this dating scene anymore uh, and haven't been for quite some time. But, like, if you have, you know, it's almost like you've got one shot at it now, right? Mm. Like, during a, this quarantine and lockdowns and pandemics, if you're going to break the rules to get together with somebody, it's like you better make it worth it. <laughs> if you're, if you're, yeah. uh, you're going to go on a date, you know, you want to get the most out of that because I'm, I'm breaking the rules by seeing you in the first place. I'm trusting that you don't have this virus, and so uh, we're going to get together. I'm, it's almost like you're predisposed I'm going in to hook up with this person uh, as long as they meet you know a certain level of the criteria, but it's a lot lower than what my standards were before. If they've got limbs, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, like before, yeah, you could have sure. gone in, out to a bar and your Tinder would light up with the oh, possibilities sure. around you. People going on dozens of dates a month. Yeah, but now you're like, okay, well, I, I'm, I can't go on a dozen dates a month. That seems wrong in a lockdown. I'm going to go on <laughs> I'm gonna go on one. Yeah, I'm going to treat me, myself. Let me pick the one, Yeah, and he better be the one, or she better be the one, and uh, we're going for it. Match.com, uh, I think, has a funny TV ad where they're trying to insinuate that people on Match.com during COVID are willing to wait it out, but they'll they'll make lasting relationships through Zoom. Right, yes. So they're like, here's my backyard. Oh, I can't wait to see it yeah. one day. Here's my whatever. <laughs> Take the time to get to know people yeah, better. Okay, okay, let's say that's happening then. They're meeting on Match.com, and then they're meeting that night. <laughs> Nobody's waiting for another year to get a leg over. 
And it better be the, if you're waiting that year, it better be the best toe curling. Oh, the disappointment. Head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much pressure as a dude, too. Like, oh, you imagine think? she's on her way over. You've been gabbing on Zoom for Building a year. Building that up for you a year? Both got your vaccine. <laughs> She'd barely be in the door. And <laughs> Wouldn't get the mask off. <laughs> <laughs> New study out of the uh, University of Texas found that someone's social media post can predict their breakup three months before it happens. Oh. So if you're in a relationship and things aren't going well or you feel like there's something up between the two of you but you're not sure, go back and check his or her social media and see if he or she starts focusing on words like I, me, and mine instead of ours. Really? Yeah. It means they're starting to check out. I would have said, like, a lack of posts might mm. serve as some sort of indicator. You know, like, you know, couples in that honeymoon phase are really hot on things, and there's all sorts of pictures and selfies. Right. And, you know, just all these places that they're going and dinners they're having. When those start to decrease and decline, mm-hmm. <laughs> perhaps that's an indication. There's a real balancing act with your social media posts and what you share with uh, with family and friends about uh, about your life. Uh, if, if you're, you know, sometimes it's just too much of one thing. Like if it's just constantly photos of you and your significant other in a warm embrace by a fire, by a tree, mm. standing in front of the mailbox. You know, it's too much. Right. You got to find a nice balance in there. Like I got a, a, a buddy I went to high school with. He has... Uh, a, a stunning a backyard, and the photos are endless of his backyard, and it's very nice. And I think I commented, I don't know, four thousand posts ago that it's a nice backyard. I just, I just go by. I can't do it anymore. Right? You know, it's enough with you in your backyard, with you in your wonderland of a backyard. I, <laughs> I, it's the food ones that get me mm. right because you know, like. Teddy Reader is a professional chef. Mm-hmm. You know, makes a living mm-hmm. as a chef, and uh, he prof- has professional photos of his food taken as well, uh, and puts it up online. Some average dudes who just you know grease up a steak and a potato mm-hmm. and decide that this you know it's some plain plate. There's no skill to the plating, no uh, angle to the shot. It's just like. Here's what I ate for dinner. Yeah. There's so many posts that fall into who gives a blank, you know, category. Yeah, although these days I'll take it over political rants and anti-vaxxers. Yeah, it, it's, it, but the filtering in general yeah. has just gone way out the window. I know a guy who posts a lot of photos of his food, but his food always looks horrible. Yeah. Like, like, but I mean, not even just that it's not plated right. It looks just like unedible. Well, I know. And Sometimes I- it's half eaten. <laughs> I know the guy you're talking about. <laughs> no, it's a different guy. Oh, really? I don't think you're friends with this guy. Oh. Maybe you are. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Well, there's a guy that we know uh-huh. who the same thing. There's a, and and listen, if you, it's almost like when we had cameras back in the day, right? Like you, you only got one shot at the picture, mm. and you didn't know what it came out like. So if you were showing friends pictures, you should edit those before. You show them. Right. Take out the ones of, you know, that were out the window or, or you didn't get the focus right and, and edit those out. People need to do the same thing with their social media mm-hmm. posts. If you were out last night and you took 45 pictures, they're not all good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't post them all.
<laughs> one of them no. is of you bent over the toilet. No one needs to see that. Or the half-eaten plate from your dinner. If you finished your dinner, tell your mom. She's the only one that probably cares about that. <laughs> At least she knows you're eating. <laughs> or the guys who post the, the photos of the most simple foods. Like if you do a duck l'orange, right. that's something. <laughs> you do mac and cheese, I don't need to see it. <laughs> Now, this is funny. I was just looking at my uh, my Twitter. A guy uh, responded. Remember, we were asking the question about how's your significant other listed in your phone? Yeah. He wrote, pizza, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you don't have anybody. Right. Speaking of food, there's a, a new ice cream flavor called Everything Bagel. Would you eat ice cream that tastes like an Everything Bagel? I don't think so. That like, doesn't sound all that appetizing. No. No, it's a... Uh, it's I don't a, think I like a bagel that tastes like everything bagel. Oh, I like everything bagels. Do oh, you yeah? like everything bagels? I don't know. Have you had an everything bagel? I think so. I mean, I've had a lot of different bagels. Mm. I don't know if I've had all of the different ones at once. It wouldn't be my go-to ordering of a bagel. I see you as a plain bagel guy. Plain with butter. <laughs> no, I don't mind the seed. Is cream cheese a little too much no, for I your like palate? cream cheese, too. <laughs> And some flavored cream cheese, but keep the sun-dried tomatoes away. <laughs> you like the garlic-flavored uh, cream Those cheese? Those are nice. That's a good one. I tried the new uh, hell of a good dip. You know, they got new flavors to oh, them. Oh, do they? Now. And one of them is a caramelized onion one. Mm. And it tastes like... You remember the French onion dip growing up? Yep. The chips, like the classic? Yep. And I've never been able to find that dip that tastes the same anymore. It tastes like that. Mm. It's good. It's always so pricey. Like, you can get the little one for uh, two or three bucks, whatever it is. But then that big jug is like $8. And here's the problem with it, is that there's not a bag of chips that serves the whole big jug of dip. Yeah. Right? And so you've got to dip into another bag of chips, and then you run out of dip. And the small one is designed for, I don't like the Halloween bag or something. Because you you run out of dip before you are finished your chips. There's never, it's like buying hot dogs where you get... 12 hot dogs and 8 buns. Like It doesn't equate properly. And when you get the big container of it, you, you go in greedy at first. You're just scooping up mounds oh, yeah. on your chip. And then as you get towards the bottom, it's a bit of a mess. It's always all over your hands. You can't get it. I just go in with a spoon and start shoveling it into my fingers. Finger. Right on the finger. Yeah. Scrape it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dog licking a tin of that it's thing. A, I, listen, when I take that plastic lid off the top. Oh, always scrape the it off the foil for sure. I lick it off. <laughs> Once upon a time, you might have been mortified if people thought you were boring. But maybe now it's a point of pride. It's kind of like there was a time when anybody called you a nerd. You were embarrassed by that. But actually being a nerd is a cool thing now. And there's an organization called the Dull Men's Club. And they put out a calendar every year featuring the most boring people in the world. This year's calendar includes a woman who collects caution wet floor signs. A man who's a historian studying manhole covers. (laughs) A guy who's collected 1,100 vintage washing machines. Wow. That's got to be a guy you want to be married to, huh? You know, you collect stamps. That's one thing. You collect washing machines. Right. That takes up some room in the basement. A little bit of space. The founder of the Telegraph Pole Appreciation Society in (laughs) Wales. (laughs) And a guy who collects gas station memorabilia. Okay. These are the most boring people on the planet. All right. <laughs> Look at my washing machines. Do you collect anything? Uh, I mean, I used to. I, I don't think I collect anything now. I had baseball cards and stuff when right. I was a kid. Yeah. Hockey cards. Yeah, I had a bit of a coin collection, yeah. Now I just collect debt. <laughs> 
<laughs> Remember last spring when we were all discovering cooking, we we're making breads and all sorts of things. Uh huh. Well, you should check the back of your fridge. There might still be some of it in there. <laughs> A yeast. Uh, on average, we have five expired items stinking up our fridge right now. And moldy leftovers are one of the most common culprits. Definitely. Oh, the workplace fridge is the worst. Oh, it always has been. Yeah. We, we're, we're, we're strange as human beings that for some reason our workplace fridge, we treat it like a gas station bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> out, of sight, out of sight, out of mind. That's not my problem, yeah. The smelliest defenders are broccoli, fish, and old fruit that's gone bad. Takes an average of five weeks of something going bad in our fridge before we'll investigate the smell. Five weeks. Yeah. Now this, I know this is my uh, my OC, but um, my OCD. But because I cook most of the dinners and we eat leftovers for lunch, I have a system in the fridge, right? Where like the newest item is at the bottom. So whatever I cooked last night, whatever leftovers are that, it's in the bottom. Mm. As the days progress, they move up to the top. So when you go to, into my fridge to look for something to eat. You know the stuff at the top is the oldest stuff, like within three or four days, and that's got to get consumed. Right. One of the problems that, uh, that that tends to happen for us is that uh, if something is, you know, gone past its best before date, mm. uh, like a leftover, uh, you want to throw it out. But I don't necessarily want to throw it in the green bin right away because yeah. it's going to really stink. You've got to wait till garbage day. So you got to wait till garbage day. Then you got to remember to take it out of the fridge and put it into the green bin. If not, mm. you got another week with it in the fridge. Yeah. And we've gone through that cycle a few times where something is, you know, growing oh, yeah. a, a new form of food on it. Could be meat, could be fish, <laughs> could be cheese. Oh yeah, we've been we've been so bad in the past that the whole Tupperware container. I, I just open the lid and go, oh, for the love of God, and I just throw the whole right. Tupperware container. And out. I'm guilty too because sometimes you can't find the lid to the Tupperware container, so right. I'll just you know instead I'll throw it in some foil. <laughs> and now you just got mounds of foil. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. <laughs> it looks like yeah. <laughs> we took we looks bought like these it's a, like a hash farm. Sometimes we bought these things, or Maria found them online because we go through uh, you know so many of those lids and Tupperware and all that. They crack and they break. You throw them out. She found these stretchable lids that you can put over anything. So say you have like pizza. Pizza takes up a lot of room. Right. right. You, you leave it on the, the serving plate, and you can literally stretch this plastic lid right over the serving plate, and then it becomes. Tucked in the fridge that way. Maybe it's just the condoms you guys stopped using years ago. Yeah, I don't need them. Well, we don't have sex. <laughs> Why would you? Craig's like, this is amazing. Stretchable yeah. lid. Oh, I use <laughs> Trojan. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the magnums you that's bought right. as that joke that's once. It's, that's it's where now, they're getting used. It was no joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the thing that's most annoying, uh, of course, about uh, leftover food is the waste. I mean, you, you think you went to the effort to cook it, uh-huh. the cost of it, and think about how much food you've turfed. Now, we're, we're pretty good. I used to hate eating leftovers. Mm-hmm. I'm really good with it now, but I hated it. The, the, the amount of food. And I remember, like, my mom being really bad for this, where she would cook whatever she cooked. And if, like, meat or potatoes or vegetables didn't get eaten that second at dinner, they all went in the garbage at the end really? of the day. Yeah. Oh, you could have fed four more people. Might be the English in her, too, because their refrigeration no, growing yeah. up was probably never good, yeah, right? No, and their ability to cook. <laughs> Most of her food deserved to <laughs> go in the garbage. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.